Usually this month when Hermy and Ursy were with him was very fatiguing, and in ordinary years he would have driven away with Foljambi and Dickie on the day after their departure, and had a quiet week by the seaside. But now, though his sisters were going away tomorrow morning, he had no intention of taking a well-earned rest, in spite of the fact that not only had he been their host all this time, but had done an amazing quantity of other things as well. There had been the daily classes to begin with, which entailed much work in the way of meditation and exercises, as well as the actual learning, and also he had had another job, which might easily have taxed his energies to the utmost any other year. For Olga Braceley had definitely bought that house, without which she had felt that life was not worth living, and Georgie all this month had, at her request, been exercising a semi-independent supervision over its decoration and furnishing. She had ordered the general scheme herself, and had sent down from London the greater part of the furniture, but Georgie was commissioned to report on any likely pieces of old stuff that he could find, and, if expedition was necessary, to act on his own responsibility and buy them. But, above all, secrecy was still necessary till the house was so complete that her Georgie might be told. And by the end of the month, Rysam generally was in a state of prostration following on the violent and feverish curiosity as to who had taken the house. Georgie had gone so far as to confess that he knew, but the most pathetic appeals as to the owner's identity had fallen on obdurate, if not deaf, ears. Not the smallest hint would he give on the subject, and though those incessant visits to the house, those searchings for furniture, the bestowal of it in suitable places, the superintendence of the making of the garden, the interviewing of paper hangers, plumbers, upholsterers, painters, carpenters, and so forth, occupied a great deal of time, the delicious mystery about it all, and the fact that he was doing it for so adorable a creature, rendered his exertions a positive refreshment. Another thing which, in conjunction with this and his youth-giving studies, made him feel younger than ever, was the discreet arrival and perfect success of his toupee. No longer was there any need to fear the dislocation of his espaliered locks. He felt so secure and undetectable in that regard, that he had taken to wearing no hat, and was soon about to say that his hair was growing more thickly than ever in consequence. But it was not quite time for that yet. It would be inartistic to suggest that just a couple of weeks of hatlessness had produced so desirable a result. As he sat at ease after the labours of the day, he wondered how the coming of Olga Braceley to Rysel would affect the economy of the place. It was impossible to think of her, with her beauty, her charm, her fame, her personality, as taking any second place in its life unless she was really meaning to use Rhizome as a retreat, to take no part in its life at all, it was hard to see what part she would take, except the first part. One who, by her arrival at Lucia's ever-memorable party, had converted it in a moment, from the most dire of scrubs, in a psychical sense, to the hightimist gathering ever known, could not lay aside her distinction and preeminence. 